We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank every day of the week, every hour of the day. Just like football, Emprise is always there for you. And with mobile banking, you can pay bills or transfer funds anytime you need. Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partner in possible. Thank you so much to them. And thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, this is our last show before Christmas. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and thank you for, for what what this year has been here for KCSN here. Uh, and I'm so glad I'm doing it with my dear pals. First find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane. Hi. Very festive Hello. you are today. Yes, I had to be, you know, part of the 66.33% of this podcast that was happy that Christmas was coming up, that wanted to share our joyous feelings for Christmas. These two-thirds of us decided to join in in the festivities. Craig doesn't like it when we, you know, shower him with praise, so I'm going the opposite. I'm going heel turn on Craig now. We are just Thank dunking you. on Craig. Craig, go time. for it. He hates Christmas. Craig really is the old man from Home Alone, isn't he? I guess. Well, I guess he did turn out to have a heart of gold, but you you were scared of him for most of it. Maddie, I like how you went sixty six point three three three. It's sixty six point six 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 six. Whatever. <laughs> it's late. I literally finished my entire drink before we started this podcast because Tucker, the producer, decided to sidetrack us talking about Monty Ball and a book that he may have written or may not have written, which led us down another college running backs, you know, train of thought. I found out earlier today my big manly German Shepherd dog is terrified of my cat. I literally won't come in the door if the cat's anywhere nearby because he's scared of him. So, like, there's a lot happening right now, guys. Craig, how are you? I know you want to skip by Christmas, but how are you doing, pal? Yeah, I, yeah, great. Uh, let's talk football. <laughs> <laughs> that's like Craig's. That's like Craig's comment like once a week now. He's just like, let's just let's let's get let's on just, with it. Let's just do the damn thing already. <laughs> I love All you right. guys, but let's do this. <laughs> Craig is fed up. Uh, so this is the game preview edition for Chief Steelers. This is where we kind of look at three storylines on offense, three storylines on defense, players to watch, game predictions, all that good stuff. Potentially uh, a highly relevant show with all of the COVID news. Also, <laughs> anybody that had the under on Kent being interrupted in the first five minutes, congratulations. You win this week. 
Yeah, the Discord is probably thrilled. There's probably some side bets happening. Uh, show side bets. Maybe we should make a Discord channel for that. That would be kind of fun, honestly. Uh, I just paid I a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> the KCSN black market. Um, let's talk about life without Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, because that's very possibly something that we could be experiencing uh, on Sunday, because both of those players have appeared on the COVID list. Uh, time to test out, obviously, but... Um, as we sit here, both of them would not be playing. What would life without Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill be, Maddie? Pass. I would like to pass this question. Uh, we'll let the rest of it know. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't be pretty. I, the Chiefs with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in years past, I would say they would be able to manufacture enough stuff to make this work. The offense would look – they would be able to come out and do something that would resemble a good enough offense to be a, an average NFL team. I don't know if I have the confidence in the offense to do that this year. I don't know how many points this team would score without those two guys. Even the few weeks where it has looked like they've got it together lately, it's been a lot of Travis Kelsey. It's been a lot of Tyree Kill. You're not really getting these big, huge games from anybody else besides Daryl Williams, you know, small manning Jonathan Abram in the end zone. You're really not getting a lot of stuff where other guys are stepping up to produce huge games. Now, Maybe the volume that goes to Kelsey and Hill being spread out to other guys and give them the opportunity to. I don't know. I think if this were to happen, if Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill can't play, this falls squarely on Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kafka's shoulders to come up with a game plan that schemes these other guys open, that's not going to ask them to win in the same ways as Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. It's just really hard to be confident in that when the only thing the Chiefs seem to be doing really well on offense is letting Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill do what they do well. I mean, it, you're fortunate to have a guy like McCall Hardman that can still be a vertical threat. And McCall has not played a ton of snaps, but if Tyreek Hill is out, that becomes your guy. You you want him doing some of those, you know, some of those runoff routes, some of those deep overs, things like that to try and suck safeties away from the other receivers working underneath, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson. But honestly, I would expect it to funnel through the running backs, which is where it should, honestly funnel through the running backs you watched the Tennessee Titans play the Pittsburgh Steelers this past weekend they were Julio Jones was limited uh they did not have AJ Brown they didn't really have a ton of confidence in their receiving core and so they just kind of leaned on their running backs that aren't Derek Henry you know some backup guys and they had a lot of success with that you know whether that be running the ball between the tackles whether that be just quick checkdowns to these guys in space and getting them you know running screen passes the the pittsburgh Steelers really struggled with that and again they, they weren't having to defend an elite receiving core out there. i mean julio was out there but they weren't throwing him the ball so it was a situation where the titans came out with a good game plan to attack them through the running back position luckily as it stands right now i'm knocking on all the wood in the world the chiefs have a healthy running back room if travis kelsey and tyreek hill are out of this game i still expect some of the deeper concepts to be there with some of the routes that they're going to run but i do expect a lot of volume through the running back group yeah the work down you know push for depth work mm -hmm. down to the back maybe create some space underneath for the back and like i mean the chiefs the chiefs do, did a lot of that last week i mean differently not the same obviously but like they were pushing for depth and working Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey underneath anyway. So it's just a matter of who you're, you know, who you're working underneath some of those vertical stretches. Um, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs can do that too. Um, I, I think, you know, 
I think one of the things you got to talk about here, and I think this kind of leads into that though, too, is, you know, it's not just going to be pushing for depth and working underneath. I think the quick passing game has got to be a factor here, getting the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands. Uh, and, 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 you know, just, just trying to, trying to move the, the, the sticks efficiently, if you will, Maddie. But in something kind of has to take place of the chiefs run game. I think last week we saw the chiefs run game really struggle to get going after those first couple drives. It's been something that's been kind of inconsistent all year. When the Chiefs need one to two yards, they're great at getting one to two yards. But when they need to pick up five yards on first down, they're very inconsistent. They're really good at getting one to two yards. But once you start needing to like really rely on that run game to move the ball, it's not there. So I think the Chiefs are going to have to fall back on the quick passing game. The Steelers aren't going to want to get beat deep. I do think they're going to blitz a little bit more than they maybe did to start the year because it's been ramping up for them. We've seen defenses against the Chiefs doing that. And in order to stay safe over the top, teams kind of have to play soft coverage. So it's going to be that quick passing game, especially if you're missing Kelsey and Hill. You may not trust guys to get deeper into these route stems and then get open. You might have to scheme up some quick bubbles, slants, little hitch routes, and just let your playmakers go out and make plays. I think it'll be especially interesting to watch if Devin Bush for the Pittsburgh Steelers can't play. He's on the COVID list for them right now. That's going to put Robert Spillane or like a Miles Killebrew playing snaps for them. Now, Devin Bush has not been great this year by any stretch of the imagination. He's not been a good player, but he's still been a starter that's played the vast majority of their reps, even more than Joe Schobert most weeks. So that linebacker group, that middle of the field area will get a little bit softer. So if you're the Chiefs, you really just have to find where they're going to put Mika Fitzpatrick and throw a quick pass away from him. And that's going to lead to a lot more success. Like that's the entire process. I think the chiefs are going to have to do to have the main part of their offense going in this game, especially if you don't have Kelsey and Hill. Yeah. That Devin Bush makes a difference from an alignment standpoint. It doesn't matter, you know, what he's doing after the snap right now. If you listen to any of the stuff that we've done with DJ, like he'll tell you, you know, this is what the mic has to call out before the play and spit out everything that you have to get in in like three or four seconds. And everybody's used to that voice. Everybody's used to him leading that room. That's a hard thing to try and replace. So I expect that with the quick passing game, maybe some more RPOs out of it, you know, taking advantage of, you know, maybe the linebackers not being exactly aligned in the right spot and throw into the space underneath there. And maybe it's not so many runs because that the favorable box or not the favorable box count, but because the, you know, the defenders that Patrick is reading are in a correct space for him to be able to hit Byron Pringle on a slant, McCole Hardman on a slant. These these guys underneath and let them run into it. We've seen them exploit that with these guys in the past, but teams typically try and walk that overhang down or try and take that away. You're going to see the Chiefs maybe try and hurry into some stuff, maybe try and quick snap some stuff when they see these favorable looks when you're still seeing the backup Mike trying to communicate this stuff. Try and take advantage of those gaps in the coverage that will just naturally be there because you've got a backup guy trying to get the information out to everybody on the field with, you know, all the speed and all the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes that are on the field. They got to deal with all that, too. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I still I agree the running game has been bad. <laughs> I would not be stunned to see them still trying to just just run into that brick wall and just keep trying and keep banging their head up against that wall and keep trying to see if they can bust them. Like, especially considering, I think this team needs to protect Patrick Mahomes. And that's the mm -hmm. next thing that we kind of want to talk about a little bit here is trying to protect Patrick LeVon Mahomes. There's a good quality pass rush here. Um, and one of the best 
pass rushers in the world, TJ Watt, Craig. Yeah, uh, TJ Watt, very, very, very good. I know there's going to be a lot of focus on Orlando Brown versus Watt, and then whoever ends up playing right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs versus Watt, they're going to offer a ton of help towards TJ Watt, which they should, and a lot of teams do, and he is still very successful regardless of all of that. But I am actually focused on Cam Hayward against the interior of this offensive line. Like Cam Hayward is once again having another elite season rushing the passer and stopping the run. He is a monster on the interior. He will be a guy that can beat Creed Humphrey with power and can beat Trey Smith with lateral agility. He's got a nice blend of speed and power to take advantage of what those two guys have shown to be a small weakness, not trying to say that they're bad, bad at that, but a small weakness in their game at this point in their career. He's a guy that could take full advantage of either one of those guys. So I'm I'm really laser focused on what they're going to do with Hayward. I, I think that he's just, he's a terrific defender and all the focus is going to be on Watt and the Chiefs should throw all that focus on Watt. They're going to have to win in the middle of the of the line against Hayward. He's going to see some one-on-ones, and he's a good enough pass rusher to win more of those than we are going to be comfortable with him winning. And at this point, I'm almost just like praying that the Steelers kind of start blitzing more often. I think we saw the Broncos doing a little bit. The Chargers did it a lot. Like they blitzed the Chiefs 19 times for some reason. Something, some kind of something they saw in the second quarter, they switched and they just started blitzing a ton for certain formations. So I hope the Steelers kind of continue this trend. It's been since week at least 11 where they have blitzed, quote unquote, or sent more than five rushers less than nine times in a game. Two of those games, they've been up around 14, 15 plays where they are blitzing the opposing quarterback. So I hope we get one of those games because while I agree with Craig, stopping Cameron Hayward and stopping TJ Watt and Stephon Tua and Alex Highsmith, plus other guys they're sending, going to be near impossible, I think, for this Chiefs offensive line. But you get out of coverage, let that quick passing game go behind it. I feel good about that. I feel a lot better about that than letting Cameron Hayward kind of tee off in a one-on-one while the Chiefs are being forced to help against T.J. Watt. And then, oh, don't forget, Alex Highsmith and Stephon Tuitt can both take over games in specific spots. So please, Steelers, blitz them. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I know everybody made a big, huge hubbub about them and Josh Allen to start the year, which they didn't. Like that first game, they did not. But their blitz percentage since week five has climbed from like 27th in the league to now they're up to about 13th. So like they're clearly blitzing more. They're climbing up those rankings. That defense is made about being aggressive. They lean on being aggressive, blitzing a ton. Hopefully they keep that energy versus the Chiefs because I really do think that's going to be one of the the ways the Chiefs can get out and actually score points as if there's going to be guys missing due to COVID. Even if not, I still hope they blitz. But I think that's kind of like the the ace in the hole for the Chiefs if they are missing some of their starters. The only thing I'll say about that is with blitzing is like, yeah, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a problem. I worry a little bit about the side adjustments, the hot adjustments from some of the receivers. Byron Pringle doesn't get on the same page all the time with Patrick Mahomes, Nicole Hardman. Uh, Noah Gray, Blake Bell. Like, I mean, some of these guys are, you know, like mm. I, I think they'll, they'll not Blake Bell. <laughs> Chiefs have one healthy tight end right now. Oh. Not Blake Bell. Oh, that's Blake right. Bell Blake Bell's out too, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh no. Secret <laughs> weapon. The big bird. 
Oh yes. <laughs> they're gonna play they're gonna play twenty one personnel all all game. But yeah, oh, I just man. I I do think that what's that's Demetrius something... Harris up to? <laughs> well, hey, look, Mark Vital's coming up. Uh yeah, I just like I just wonder, like that's something you, you need to pay attention to because chemistry and assignment, like I mm-hmm. I don't know if those are the strengths of the guys on the field. Um historically that we've seen so i know i will say i think byron's done a decent job it just seems like there's been some there's also been some inconsistencies there i think i think with some of the pressures and side adjustments he's actually been okay i think about like the giants game they checked into they went into empty and like he just ran to a little void in the middle of the field so like there's some you know he, he might be decent there we'll find out all right players to watch my guy to watch this week is Trey Smith. Uh, Trey Smith is going to be tasked probably a lot with helping against Watt on the inside. And he's also going to be tasked with taking care of Stefan Tuitt, taking care of Cameron Hayward. Those are big asks for a rookie. But this man is ready for it. Like He is ready to come out there, show that he can you know, go up against these elite players from this Steelers defensive line and show that he can body them, put them in the ground, all the hallmarks of a Trey Smith game, we could have one of those. And this is the perfect time to really get him going even further. He's he's come this far already, and he's got these highlights, and he generally plays well for 95% of the game, which is awesome for an offensive lineman. This is a game where if he does that against this group, it, we're going to be talking about him in a in a completely different echelon again. You know, raising him up the bar a little bit more, knowing that he can handle some of these guys going forward on the schedule. I, I'm just really excited to see that matchup for Trey Smith against some elite players on the interior. I'm going to go with Daryl Williams. I think the Chiefs are going to need some playmaker. I, I'm just going to operate right now. I don't anticipate this being what's going to happen come game day, but as of right now, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey aren't playing. Like I'm going to stick to that until it's changed. I have the confidence it's going to change with the new protocol in place, but just in case it doesn't, Daryl Williams is my guy. The Chiefs are going to need somebody to step up and make some plays. They're going to need a guy that they can feel like they can rely on. To make, they need the consistent play. Yes, McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Rollins can hit some bigger plays, but I think they're going to need someone they feel consistent, they feel comfortable with trying to feature. I think that's going to be Daryl Williams, but not as a runner. I don't see him having a ton of success as a runner in this particular game, but as a receiver, this could be one of those weeks where Daryl gets seven, eight targets out of the backfield. A couple of them a little bit vertical, but most of them out in the flat trying to get him going just out in space a little bit. I think this is the kind of game that, if that's the case, they're going to need the most comfortable guy Patrick Fields throwing to, and that really might be Daryl Williams over anybody else if you don't have Kelsey in health. All right, so I'm going to go with McCole Hardman here. I got a couple fun stats for you. So uh, Tyreek Hill missed weeks two through five of the 2019 season. That was McCole Hardman's rookie year. Uh, Three of his nine biggest games – uh, as a chief happened in those four games that he that Tyreek Hill missed the most receiving yards he's had the fourth most receiving yards he's had and the ninth most receiving yards he's had in his career came in that four game stretch where where Tyreek Hill missed uh missed some time in his rookie season uh 15% of his career receiving yards came in those four games uh that Tyreek Hill missed so uh, there might have been a little bit of redundancy or there might have been some redundancy here at times. Some of the stuff that Tyreek Hill has done, 
be fascinating to see because it's not the same offense that we saw in 2019. And teams have done a much better job of keeping the lid. I think Maddie mentioned Tyreek Hill, his usage uh, has, you know, his, his yards per target, his yards per catch has been uh, significantly <laughs> lower historically. But this is a game you need McCole Hardman's speed more than you you ever have because Tyreek Hill potentially could be absent. So that's the guy I'm watching. This is this is the prime opportunity for him to to prove his value and and show up. They need him drastically badly if uh, if if Tyreek Hill does miss. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's talk about the defense. It's, uh, you know, the, the defense might have to carry them. Uh, it, this, look, we were talking before the game. The Steelers are just the, they, they play the ugliest brand of football that you can imagine. It's disgusting. It is not fun to watch. Sunday is going to not be fun to watch as a Chiefs fan. Uh, do not get ready. It's not a beauty contest by any stretch of the word. So the defense is probably going to slog this one out with the Chiefs. Uh, and the Chiefs are, or the Chiefs defense is going to need to slog this one out with a, just a gross Steelers offense. Uh, and let's start with the quick passing game, which is I, the word "quick" in Big Ben is just funny, Craig. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it is funny. You know what's funny? Big Ben has the shortest time to throw in the NFL. The absolute <laughs> shortest time to throw in the NFL over the past three weeks. I believe you, right here, two point one eight seconds to throw last week two weeks ago 2.23 seconds three weeks ago 2.24 seconds you know what's really hard to do when that happens get to big ben (laughs) it's ridiculously (laughs) hard to get to the cornerback when he's throwing the ball that quickly and it's because of the offensive line in front of him they don't trust him like uh, he takes a ton of hits on some of these plays i mean there are guys in the backfield immediately on some of these so even with that short time to throw, he's still taking hits right after he throws. He's still taking sacks. They're still there. But 
it does kind of reduce what they can do. And they dial up, they scheme up a lot of timing routes because of this, because they need to get the ball out of Big Ben's hands fast. He's going to hit the top of his drop. That ball is going to come out nine times out of 10. So they're going to scheme open, you know, the, these guys underneath on some of these drag routes. You're going to see a lot of slants. You're going to see some bubbles. You're going to see a lot of things, you know, eight yards and in, and they're just going to try and get it out quickly. So what you're going to see is probably a lot of press reps out of Steve Spagnuolo's corners. They're very comfortable doing that. They're very comfortable playing that way. And you can also see maybe some linebackers that play a little more flat-footed like Nick Bolton did when he was in the dime this week and was able to kind of come over and lay some hits, get his hand on some balls. So I, I think that you're going to see a lot of similar things that we did from that Chargers offense that was throwing the ball quick once again. But Big Ben just does it so much quicker. I expect we're going to see a lot of that because it's just been consistent over. It doesn't matter who they've played. They just want to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. That doesn't mean that it gets on the receiver quick by any means. It just means that it's, it's out of his hands quickly in that amount of time. And that's kind of where Big Ben's at right now in his career, right? I don't want to, you know, men's words here. Right? Big Ben is not playing quarterback very well right now. But what he does still do well is he can read a defense. He's got a ton of experience. So he can read a defense. He can predetermine pre-snap, you know, where he wants to go. And he can quickly decipher post-snap if that's still going to be open or where he should work to next. So he can be accurate. He can be quick and decisive, throwing the ball short off of his first or second read right as the ball snap. And that's where they have success. That's where the few times you do see the Steelers drive down the field, that's kind of what it's on the back of. It's these quick passes that are all in rhythm as they work down the field. It's a lot of in-breaking routes from these wide receivers that you know, as a pretty strong group. So that's where the Chiefs have to focus. They have to take away some of these short in-breaking routes. They have to make Big Ben just hold the ball, not even really hold make him hesitate a little bit because that is enough time to get this let this pass rush beat this offensive line that's enough to make big ben feel uncomfortable and attempt to move and i don't mean that as like not getting sacked i mean like attempt to physically move before <laughs> he has to throw the football that's all you have to do to beat this team so if you can confuse them by rotating some safeties around rotating a safety down kicking a cornerback whatever it takes but i'm with craig a lot of press coverage reps maybe you show some guys but they're really trying to play some kind of trap coverage where you're crashing down. I know Kent hates it. I wouldn't hate seeing an invert here or there from this game, whether it's from the mm -hmm. slot or outside. I, I think guys driving to the flats and underneath cutting stuff over the middle of the field is going to lead to at least one big play in this game. So I would not be surprised to see a very uh, heavy game script where you see guys that are playing from depth, driving as soon as the ball snapped underneath while somebody lined up close to the line of scrimmage is replacing them on the back end. <sighs> You had to bring up two invert. <laughs> um, Watch it work. Watch it work. I yeah. You, if you're gonna play press, uh, if you're gonna try to play a little bit, man, you just gotta be mindful of some of the rub stuff. Uh, they mm -hmm. like to get the ball to a guy like Clay, Chase Claypool in the flat, uh, a big ginormous monster of a target. Tackling is gonna be big. Like they kind of have some diversity. Like they, I think they have like Ray Ray McLeod is a little kind of shiftier, faster guy. Um, Chase Claypool is the bigger physical player. Although I Chase Claypool a couple weeks ago had one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life against the Vikings. Just like I would I could I would not I could not stand rooting for Chase Claypool. Like a he had very Jonathan Abrami kind of vibes 
to him uh the way i felt about him the other day so but yeah there's just some you know some diversity in targets can, and skill sets you got to be mindful of and you got to tackle well on the edges what did you want to say to me craig can't watch that game against the vikings and went you know what I got somebody on this field I like less than Kirk Cousins right now. And that takes a lot for Kent Swanson. That is I was, tough. <laughs> I could not stand rooting for Chase Claypool. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, he was just selfish and it was a mess. Uh, all right. Um, so the run game. Talk a little bit about that. Um, it fits Big Ben perfectly. It's kind of slow developing, isn't it, Craig? Yeah, it is. They, uh, they do a lot of stuff where they have the running back maybe align in, in sort of a pistol or something like that. And they, they'll have been maybe pump fake first or, you know, pretend like he's going to throw a timing route and then hand the ball off with no head of steam for Najee Harris. Or, you know, they'll have him kind of try and do a weird toss that it's a slow move out to the flat before it's a toss from an align. It, they they do a lot of slow developing stuff in the run game. Now they have their still staples. You know they're going to still line up, run some zone stuff, run some you know gap stuff. It, it's still going to happen. But there is a number of plays each week that are just ridiculously slow developing run plays by this offense. It is baffling to watch at times. And defenses have been feasting on it for weeks and it doesn't matter they, they keep running it there's a lot of negative plays to be had here we just came off of a chargers game where this defense did not have many negative plays and they could not get ahead of the sticks to save their lives this is a prime time for steve spagnolo to get into that dime defense more regularly against the chargers they were in the dime 11 percent of the time they haven't been below 40 percent dime usage in four weeks before then they just couldn't get ahead of the sticks this is a prime time to do it and and the other thing they do so many so many jet sweeps with their wide receivers like chase claypool deontay johnson ray ray mcleod get so many jet sweeps so yeah gotta tackle gotta have guys that are filling the alley on those particular plays but once again it's a slower developing play that's going horizontal that's not turning up field quickly it's just so many opportunities for the Chiefs to get negative plays in the run game this week. I don't know if I have a big fear of the Steelers' rushing attack. Since losing Le'Veon Bell, I think you saw James Conner have some success there, but there was a lot of up and down. It was like that rushing style of Le'Veon Bell behind that offensive line where these double teams were moving bodies consistently. Even if a play stalled out and had to you know go on for a long period of time, they were still getting movement. And then you had the perfect running back that was comfortable sitting behind it, making you know quick shift, quick cut after cut, just to weave his way through the very tight spaces. James Conner's not that type of back to do that. I, Najee Harris definitely isn't the type of back to do that. And then now you're working with a significantly worse offensive line. Like, I, Najee Harris could break one. He's a slashing style runner. He's a big body. So if he gets to put his foot in the ground and find one crease where he can really drive forward on it and get ahead of steam, yeah, okay, he might be able to break an arm tackle and pull off a big run. But in terms of consistency, this rushing attack scares me very, very, very little I don't think they provide much to the Chiefs. Now, we're coming off a game where we said the same thing about the Chargers. Yeah, and then they yeah came that's what out I was going to say. <laughs> and they mollywhopped the Chiefs defensive front, but the Chiefs are getting help back. They're getting their mm -hmm. best run defender from the second 
nice name, hopefully. They're getting their, you know, best backside linebacker. I'm, I take that back. They're getting their most important linebacker, probably their best defending linebacker overall versus anything. And Willie Gay coming back, a guy that can run, they can take on blocks, they can fill from the backside. And you're getting Chris Jones back who can cause some penetration. Like, I don't see that happening versus the, from the Chargers or any other team. But I think the way the Chargers ran the ball, that's something the Steelers can't do. The Chargers were getting a lot more movement than I've seen the Steelers get I don't think Najee Harris has the lateral agility that some of those running backs were able to use to make some of those deep cutbacks. So just this rushing attack really might be worse than the Chiefs. They're just a little bit more dedicated to it. So we don't really think about it that way. Oh, they are very dedicated to it. <laughs> you would I mean, be again, too. <laughs> this offense is, it's just, it is one, it's going to make your eyes bleed. Like it just, it's so ugly to watch them and the Seahawks offensively are just, two of the most like nothing it just it's gross like at least there seems to be some logic to pittsburgh sometimes uh okay so yeah we got done talking about the vertical uh, about the quick game and and getting the ball out of the hand and, and big ben's willingness but like he picks his spots and he takes some shots and he's gonna give some guys like deontay johnson guys like chase claypool some opportunities uh outside the numbers try to just kind of like Craig, you wrote YOLO balls. It's absolutely true. This is like, they, it's kind of like lulling you to sleep a little bit, Maddie. Oh, absolutely. And like Craig said, this ball still coming out of big Ben's hands early. So I don't think that he's waiting to see that his guy wins. I don't think that he's waiting to see that somebody's going to be open. I think he gets the coverage check that he wants. He knows he's going to get one-on-one coverage. And if he gets that, he is 100% hitting the back of his drop and chucking up a YOLO ball. If it's to Chase Claypool, they feel great about it. If it's a James Washington, they feel pretty good about it too, actually, oddly enough. It's like they're willing to do this. They will throw the ball deep. So if the Chiefs are going to come out and play a lot of press coverage, especially if you are going to roll another safety down into the box to handle the quick passing game and the dedication of the run game, you are going to get these one-on-one opportunities with Claypool, with Washington, with Deontay Johnson on the outside. And you're going to have to live with those. In the past, that would be a matchup that scares me a ton as a Chiefs fan just looking at this roster. These corners haven't shown great a job outside of Snead of playing the ball in the air, especially vertically over their shoulder. They've not shown a good ability to not commit defensive pass interference downfield when challenged. Chase Claypool might be the best receiver right now in the NFL at getting defensive pass interference called on vertical passes down the sideline. So, like, that would scare me. But this year, it's been a little better for the Chiefs. I think they're coming off their best game to show that against the Chargers but I mean Mike Williams is a freak I guess Chase Claypool is too so we'll see how that goes that's just something they got to be wary of because the Steelers will do it that's when they can't get it going you're going to see two or three drives are going to stall out with nothing looking good they're going to come out with three straight drives and just throw these YOLO balls down the field and see if the referees flag them you know to get into field goal range that's their offensive game plan every week pretty much yeah I, I I'm, I'm a it's just it, the way that this team is played the way the Steelers want to play these games, the way that they have played these games, like some of these games are in the, the teens that they've played. One of these, one of these vertical shots on a, like one of these PIs just hitting one of these can really change the outcome of, of, of a game like this, especially if the chiefs are going to be shorthanded. I'm, I'm a little bit worried. Like I'm, I'm a, wor- I'm kind of worried about this game weirdly just because of the attrition and the, the monster around the corner with some potential additional attrition here, even though like, it's just like, it's just going to be, I think it's like it, one big play down the field, be it PI, be it, you know, a conversion, like could go a long way in, in giving the Steelers a chance at winning this game. It's something to keep an eye on. 
It happens every time I watch them. Um, and yeah, you just got to be mindful of it. It does. It does. And for, for everything that we say about Big Ben, he does keep his eyes downfield. He does. I, even if he doesn't have you know the arm strength that he used to to push the ball downfield the same ways, if that first read is gone, He's not dropping his eyes. He's not trying to, you know, look around the pocket. He he keeps his eyes up. He's looking downfield at those guys. So even if he doesn't see that guy, you know, beating his man downfield, he doesn't care. 50-50 ball to Chase Claypool to Deontay Johnson is as good as anything to him. It's better than standing in there and taking the sack that's inevitably coming behind that offensive line. So he would rather take that gamble then go for the sure thing, you know, underneath or, you know, you know, across the middle or something like that if it's a 50-50 situation. So, you know, he'd rather gamble. But in Kansas City, you don't have to gamble with your liquor stores anymore. You do have a sure thing coming. Summer of 2022, a Macadoodles is coming to your area. This is going to be your go-to spot. You're going to want to go to Lee's Summit whenever you can to get all of your alcohol because they're the best prices. You're never going to be looking for something that you can't find. And if you go in there with, you know, I don't know what I really want this week. Guess what? You can turn around and ask one of their dedicated customer service people to really hook you up and help you out. And they're going to do it. And they're going to give you a terrific recommendation. So if you are a franchisee and if you are looking to bring another macadoodles to kansas city which you should be if you are one get a hold of roger info at macadoodles.com and we need more of these get the sure thing because you know you want it it's, it's it's free money so go do it craig you're so money at oh, doing those you. it's great uh all right let's go ahead and get into players to watch who you got craig I am going with a guy that is returning to the squad after a few games off. Our guy, Jarius Sneed. It's good to see him back at practice today. This is Wednesday here. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the slot, on the boundary, however it is that they choose to rotate those guys based on the availability that's there. Charverius Ward does look like he might be out for this game. So I, I think that Legereus Need is not only going to make an impact in some of those 50-50 balls down the field, especially on the boundary. I think he's also going to make an impact from the slot defending the run. Again, these slower developing run plays, these horizontal run plays, that's going to string out to the alley where Legereus Need will be waiting. But most importantly, I think it's going to matter in the blitz. When I watched this team try and blitz the Chargers out of the slot, they just didn't have the same juice anymore. They didn't have the same ability to get guys and get quick pressure. We know that the Steelers are not going to pick this stuff up well. We know that Big Ben is not going to be able to get the ball out as fast as he would like, and they do so many condensed formations that Legereus Need is going to be pinned in the box with the ability to rush the passer. We've seen how explosive he is. We've seen how quickly he gets to the quarterback. I predict Legereus Need has a sack this game, coming off the edge, coming from a condensed formation. So he's my player to watch this week. Speaking of quick pressure, how about we go with Chris Jones here? So we may not need to just see some blitzes here uh, from Legereus Need because Chris Jones is back. Uh I anticipate, you know, he's he's the, he's the guy that can create the quick pressure. 
uh, by himself. If you're not going to try to manufacture it, add to the math. He's the guy along the interior that can um, <coughs> that can that can really affect the quarterback. Get his hands up. Uh, try to affect the passing lanes in the middle of the field. I'll go with Chris Jones back after. I, I think we're going to get him back. I think mean, I'm anticipating we are getting him back. Uh, so he's going to be my guy. Like technically, I guess right now he's not, but. Maybe, hopefully. Chris Jones is my player to watch regardless because we need him on the field. <laughs> I am also back after Tucker told me to shut my mouth and then I conveniently get booted out of the podcast. Coincidence? I think not. But I am back now. The audio, pe- also- the audio, only the audio people, people didn't no know. They had no well, clue. Yes, they know because they listen to every episode. They know that I go after Craig and the fact that Kit went next tips them <laughs> off. But our listeners are smart. Um I'm going to go with another guy coming back, hopefully. Uh, Willie Gay. I, we've talked a lot about things happening for the Steelers quick, the run game over the middle of the field. All this stuff screams Willie Gay. I know Nick Bolton had a really good game against the Chargers playing you know, in coverage, something that I don't think we all thought. I still thought there were some limitations of his ability as a run defender on the backside. I think you're going to see other teams still, if the Chiefs are going to trot him out there a ton and passing down to try to take advantage of him in space, especially if they can get some non-Jared Cook cooked matchups with him like the Chargers were able to get. I think Willie Gay could have a big game, though. We've seen him make some really good plays undercutting routes from the linebacker spot already this year. I think you could see another one coming here. I think his speed, his size on the backside of some of these runs could really make a big difference. So I think Willie Gay could be you know due for another big game here if he's able to return this week. Do you uh, think we miss these guys? <laughs> we picked the three guys that missed last week. Oh, God, week. I didn't even notice. <laughs> you, you, think, you think we miss these guys? I think we missed these guys. What do you think? Um, we should have added one more real quick. It's the guy that the Steelers probably don't miss, and they should because Melvin Ingram oh, man. is has been a lot better in Kansas don't City get me started. than when he was in Pittsburgh. And I frankly don't blame him for wanting to come and play in Kansas City or being acquired by Kansas City and having a better season now that he is out of Pittsburgh because uh, I would not want to play for them either. Prediction time. What you got, Craig? Well, I think we've already kind of laid it out there that we don't expect the Steelers offense to score a ton of points here. I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle, especially if the Chiefs get those three impact players back. If they don't lose any more dudes in in this group, I think that they're actually going to be okay. I know they'd be missing Nick Bolton. I know they'd be missing Charvarius Ward. That's not great. Don't get me wrong. Like Those guys do matter to this defense but I don't think it makes the same impact as the three guys that we saw last week. And this is also a worse offense. So I don't expect a ton of points there. I know that the chiefs are missing guys as well. I just have a little more faith in the opening script and maybe some ability to lean on the running backs. We have seen that even when the chiefs haven't been playing particularly well, they've still leaned on the running backs at times. If they do that, I think that they're going to be able to put some points on the board this week. So I'm going Chiefs win 24 to 9 over the Steelers. So this is something we haven't touched on during this entire podcast. There's an outside chance that this game gets postponed or moved to you know, a Monday or Tuesday. We saw that happen this week. It's possible with this game, especially if the Steelers go through a run like the Chiefs just did. I mean, with Devin Bush and a couple other guys now entering protocol. They could have a a day coming up where they get six, seven, eight guys going into it. So there is a chance this game is moved. I think the the more this game gets moved, 
the more it helps the Steelers. The Chiefs have already had a long week to prepare for the Steelers. The Steelers getting those extra days to prepare for the Chiefs, I do think evens that out. So maybe they could come up with some more game-specific stuff if it gets postponed. But either way, the Chiefs have had enough time. I trust Andy Reid with enough time versus a defense that I think has enough holes that they will be able to put up some points. I've already said, I kind of anticipate at least one of Travis or Tyreek Hill being able to come back for this game. Even if they can't, I still think I trust Andy Reid with the extra time to scheme up some points. I do think the Chiefs can score 27 points. I I just don't see where the Steelers, the way this defense is played, are going to put up very many points to compete. Maybe some garbage time points. Maybe they hit an explosive play here or there. But consistent offense up and down the field versus this defense, the way that they've been playing, I don't see it. I got the Chiefs 27 to 13 in this one without it ever really being that close. I'm anticipating the grossest game of the year. <laughs> I just, I, I don't even think this game's going to be fun to watch. You mean the Green Bay Packers game? No, the Cowboys I game, the Broncos game. There's a lot of games. Yeah. The Giants. I think this oh, one's, yeah, this that is Giants be one game of, was gross. This is going to be one of those gross, like, it's just going to look gross. Like, I, I think the defense will play well. And so, I mean, I guess that, you know, that'll be fun at least, but I just, I don't know what the offense is going to do. I think they're going to do enough to win the game for sure. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm a little worried that just some dumb stuff's going to happen and the Steelers are going to do enough to maybe, you know, make this a little bit more competitive. Um, just, it just, it just seems like how the Steelers play. Uh, there's always something, uh, I got a 2010 win for the Kansas city chiefs. Enjoy it. I guess. Hopefully, you know, y'all, hopefully y'all can just, you know, maybe play with some of your new presents uh, while you're watching the game because it's going to be a gross one. That's going to do it for the Casey Laboratory. Thank you so much for uh, for for watching, for listening. Hopefully you have a wonderful Christmas uh, and we'll talk to you afterwards. And hopefully uh, the Chiefs get another dub uh, shortly after Christmas. Too. We'll catch you later.